welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We're nice, that's a shocking way of describing that. But just good, it's just good for us together to lean in a bit. Um, it's like that, do not become weary in doing good for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest, Galatians 6.9. Often we want to dip out in the middle of the challenge because it's easier. I don't know about you, but I want to I wanted do that. So like this morning, I was like committed to getting in the pool, right? But then I'm like, I'm, I'm in a bit of a rush this morning and Justin doesn't like rushing. A long time to get ready and do all the things I need to do to get ready for the day. And I've been getting in the pool, cold showers for four months and just started transitioning into the pool for the last 11 days, just good for me in lots of different ways. And this morning, I... Uh, I had a little way out because the kids weren't awake and I had to help Lee a little bit with her business and then Mitch was picking me up early, um, 7.45. So I didn't have much time. So I was like, oh, I'll just have a cold shower. And it was seven degrees outside. So I was like, oh, this is a little win. I'll just dip out. Um, but then as soon as I turned the shower on, it was on and Bella woke. And then I could go in the pool then. And, and I was like, oh, nah, I won't go in the pool because the shower's on. And, but then I was like, if I don't go today, I won't go tomorrow. So I turned the shower off and put my boardies on and then jumped in the pool for 90 seconds. Um, and I feel like, like that do not become weary in doing good for the proper time you reap a harvest. That's really important for us um, just in a whole bunch of areas in life. Um, and just translating into worship, like... Yeah, it's good for us to, to linger a bit. It's good for us just to learn. Just to, what's he saying? What's he doing? And, and, and these environments, like, they're beautiful corporate environments with like-minded people that are creating just a, a beautiful atmosphere of praise and worship where we get to learn and grow with what he's saying and doing. And then we take that out and we learn and grow out of that what he is saying and doing. And it's a lot different. So being uncomfortable a little bit. Like we want to create a safe, safe place, um, but I don't mind people feeling a little uncomfortable, but I want you to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's important to us. I want you to feel safe, but I don't mind you being uncomfortable. Right. Could be an oxymoron, but I don't think it is. Um, yeah, it could seem conflicting that, but I feel like there's a healthy tension in there um, because we're going to be faced with situations that... Um, the Lord has set us up to deal with and to respond to, not react. And it's important to learn his voice and his ways when we're together. Yeah. It's, the, it's the whole gathering in and sending out. Jesus gathered them in and he sent them out. He gathered them in and he sent them out. And that's like the, the picture of the church. It's a sent out assembly in the Greek. It's a sent out assembly which i love that we gather together but then we're sent out it's where the word apostle comes from it's where heaven to earth comes from it's encountering the kingdom and his will and what heaven is like and what the father's like and what the kingdom of god is like and knowing his word and his ways and being so accustomed with heaven so when we go out everywhere we go where we're replicating heaven on earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's the 
That's the model prayer of Jesus. It's not the Lord's Prayer. I don't want to get weird and critical about that. But that's, this is the, the Christian's model prayer. So I want us to look at... Um, I'm just going to share a couple of verses today around, around this and then uh, we might continue on next week or the week after. Thank you, God. So Matthew 6, 5 to 15, 10 verses here. You're ready. It's going to be up on the screen. Unbelievable, I know. Mitch goes, are you going to, are you going to, are you going to actually do it? I'm like, I think I will. I'll do a couple of them. But yeah, thanks God for your presence. Yeah, thank, thanks that word is not void of presence. Yeah, thank you that John 6.63 says that your words are life and spirit. So thanks, God, for the scriptures. Mm, Amen. So this is Jesus. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Acknowledgement from men. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Amen. I love a great prayer is a short prayer. Um, No, no. That's okay. Um, do, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, set apart, be your name in the Greek, set apart, hallowed, set apart, be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, our debts, as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And just back to Matthew 6, 9 to 10, the next slide. Pray then like this. It's the words of Jesus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's probably been a few years, I would say, since we've actually taught on this shared on this it sort of weaves throughout our messages and heart and announcements and theme and our why but um i plan to do a bit more today but um (laughs) we're not going to have all the time in the world for that so i'll probably launch us off a little bit um with this thought around the kingdom um i feel like that just last week um peter woke up he didn't say it but peter woke up uh, on Sunday morning last week 
and said, I just had this phrase, the church cries out for the lamb, but the lamb cries out for the world. It's like, it's a cracker. And he was just talking about, I don't know if he said it or I said it, probably me, Um, but he was talking about communion, like, let's look up. let's, let's Let's just remember. Let's just remember those that aren't seated at the table. Our friends and family and, and just that journey of, of, that we've been on with them and the, the looking down at the communion and thanking and remembering and, and amazing, but the looking up and the, the kind of lifestyle that Jesus has called us into, it's like the tag you're it lifestyle. Like, like Adam had authority rule and reign, commissioned by God, partnership, fellowship. You can name the animals. I want you to rule and reign, multiply, subdue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Authority. Then the enemy came. Long story, really short. But through Adam's disobedience, handed over authority to the devil. Bummer. And since then, Old Testament, prophets, all that is pointing to a saviour. And we know that Jesus, when that happened, prophesied that I'm going to sort this out, I'm going to fix it one day. Justin's paraphrase. And the prophets prophesied and were pointing to Jesus. And Jesus came, we know to restore that which was lost, to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? The fellowship, oneness, connection, trust, partnership, commissioned, this beautiful connection with God and man to rule and reign. That was lost. Jesus came to restore it. And he did a great job. And then he ended up saying, hey, all authority has been given to me, now go. And in Matthew 10, he said, I'm giving you all authority. I'm giving you authority. Adam had it, lost it. Jesus came back. Love to have watched that, that, that Saturday. The cross, the death the brutality of Friday, Sunday, the resurrection, but I just uh, I can't wait to just watch that whole, how that played out. Just amazing. The, the, the devil being defeated and disarmed and disempowered. Yeah. Whenever that happened, oh, I can't wait to watch the replay of that. Just phenomenal. Disarmed, defeated and disempowered. So that he took the keys back and now he's given us authority He's given us power. He's given us his spirit. And Jesus said this phenomenal, outrageous thing. He said, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom is the king's domain. It's the realm of God. It's the rule and reign of God. Everything good and perfect and pleasing is in the kingdom.
the king and his kingdom. Everything about God is in his kingdom. It's vast, it's multifaceted, it's all of his names and it's all of his character and nature in the kingdom. Kingdom come, will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And often we get confused with the word will because we think that will is case closed, you've got no say. And that's part of the word. There's Part of that word is decision, where there's decisions made that you are not involved in. Like when the Holy Spirit came and when creation happened and when he's going to come back and, and a whole bunch of massive cosmic decisions that you weren't involved in at that table, which I'm glad I wasn't involved in. Like, I'm glad they sorted it out. So there's an element of trust there, and you are God, and I'm not. But that's not, I'm, I'm a worm and you're God. That's not that. But it's just acknowledging, oh, you're God, and there's some decisions that you make. There's, there's the will of God. There's a part of the will of God that I'm not involved in. There's many decisions that have been made, the will of God, that I haven't been included in. Would you agree with me? But then another part of this word, philemma, in Greek, another part of this word for will in Greek, there's another couple of words, bull, B-O-U-L-E, it's um, desire. So decision, yeah, but there's also desire. So when you lean into that more, it's the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, the supreme authority, who God is, his character and nature, everything that he is, his kingdom come and his will be done. What's his will here? It's his heart's desire. It's not, this is going to happen, you've got no say, deal with it. No, no, no. And he doesn't do that anyway with creation. He did, he's, he's not doing that with Jesus coming back because no one knows the day or the hour. A lot of people love predicting the date. I'm really glad one date was when Richmond beat GWS in the preliminary final to go into the grand final. So glad he didn't come back then. I bought tickets because I knew he wouldn't come back. Um, what a, that was a great day, by the way. But yeah, this will, I think we've got locked in. I need to be in the will of God. Oh, I'm just wanting, wanting to be in the center of his will. I'm like, oh, you're in Christ. You are in his will. We, get, we fumble over things that aren't actually a thing because you're in Christ. And he wants his kingdom to come and his will to be done. And he's including us in it. The decision part of the will and the desire part of the will. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that who believes in whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So it's not everyone's going to. Yeah? So there's that desire that I sent my son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. There's a desire from him that all men will be saved because 2 Peter 3.9 says it. He's patient, slow in keeping his promise, he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. So here's the desire part of God that we need to remind ourselves about when it comes to our assignment. Because often we just want to just 
throw away all responsibility, that it's all up to God and he's sovereign and he only does stuff when he decides it's okay to do and we, don't, we aren't factored in at all. And it's actually not the case because he loves fellowship. He loves partnering. He loves co-laboring and he wants to commission you to carry out the assignment of his kingdom coming to the earth, this side of heaven, in a way that the Pharisees, not in a way the Pharisees thought it was going to happen through grandeur and splendor and setting up a kingdom that they could visibly see. No, no, no. The, the, the king came in a manger and he set it up in a different way that where the spirit of God would be in all people and that they would release the kingdom and his will everywhere they go. So it is his desire that all people are saved. Is that the case? No. It's amazing about him. It's amazing about him. It's his desire... That everyone is saved. So did I say something wrong? Great, thanks. Thank you. It's great because I was 100% confident in what I said. <laughs> it's his desire that everyone is saved. It's his heart. That's his desire. But is everyone saved? No. It's a choice. He pursues. He chases. Grace released. Uses us to encounter people so he encounters them and there's opportunities there's moments but it's a choice but that will it's really important that we understand that his will be done is what he desires to be done amen okay let's move on we'll probably land this in about 10 luke 17 20 to 21 just talking about the kingdom now when Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Amplified translation, Luke 17, 20 to 21. Now, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he replied, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed or with a visible display. Nor would people say, look, here it is, or there it is, for the kingdom of God is among you because of my presence. And I just want to read Passion Translation that's not, that's uh, actually not on the screen. Passion Translation says, the kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. Remember, he's talking to the Pharisees, so it wasn't in them. He's talking about what's happening around the Pharisees in other people and through the manifestation of Jesus doing miracles, signs and wonders in the preaching. Does that make sense? The commentary here is translated from the Aramaic text. The implication is that God's kingdom realm is a person, Jesus Christ. From the Aramaic text, the reality of God's kingdom appears when Jesus lives within us by faith. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but it's righteousness, peace, and joy 
in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. God is in us. We have oneness with God when we receive Jesus and believe in him. There's a oneness. Just take a moment, God. We're one with you. We're one with God. God in me. God in you. Christ in you. Colossians 1.27, the hope of glory. Christ in you. God in you. Christ in you. Holy Spirit in you. And I love this. The kingdom of God is not righteousness, peace, and joy. Sorry, the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit. Where's the kingdom? In the Holy Spirit. How can we carry out our assignment? How can we actually bring heaven to earth? He put his kingdom in us. He put his heart's desire in us. The connection, the fellowship, the the Trinity living in us. But not only that, but the kingdom is in you. It's really important for us to grasp this. Because we're out and about all week and often our mindset is God fix this or fix that or you got to move here or they need Jesus or you better show up or you've got to do this. And, and yes, he's all powerful and he's God and, and Jesus said, without the Father I can do nothing. But the way he set it up is he, he wanted to become one with us and he put his presence in us, and he put his kingdom in us, and he just said, go. And he didn't say, pray for the sick. He said, heal the sick. And often we talk about, oh, I just don't want to give God the glory. I don't want to take the glory. It's all all the Lord. And yes, it is. But John 17's another identity verse where he says that the glory which we had, I've given to them. So it was God's idea to give you glory. And that's not to take the glory, but that's to operate in glory. Arise and shine. It's arise and shine stuff, Isaiah 60 stuff. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's a picture and a type of Acts 2. See, the Holy Spirit's in us for our sake. Bill Johnson, love it. The Holy Spirit's in us for our sake, the indwelling presence for relationship, fellowship, connection, abiding to make us like Christ. But then the Holy Spirit comes upon us for others. And it's not just a visitation where it's upon us for situations and circumstances, but it's a remaining. And I believe the remaining is more, it's more about our beliefs than actually what's happening, meaning We think that we're only anointed. Remind me to speak on anointing in four weeks. (laughs) I can't. I can't. Look at the time. I can't even go there. But we think that it's just this visitation thing where it's this ebb and flow. And I think it's more about, it's more us that is decreeing the ebb and flow on our life than him. Doesn't mean, and we can't, here we go, we cannot, um, say that if we don't feel it, he's not there. Him remaining is irrelevant to you feeling it. Yeah, right, yeah. Because Jesus said, 
um, uh, it's the only gospel, the baptism, that said the Holy Spirit came upon him and remained. Said it twice, remained. John talks about the anointing that we've received remains. The word remain is abiding, meno, Greek. Remaining and abiding. So the Holy Spirit's in us and remains. We can never be separated. The Holy Spirit rests upon us when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can't even go there. But remains. So like you're walking around with God in you, Jesus in you, Holy Spirit in you, kingdom in you, and Holy Spirit on you. And, and the great big fat fluorescent pink elephant in the room that stops us is our beliefs. And our beliefs are a result of the Word of God, I don't know what I'm doing here, with the presence of God and with people and a journey of saying, Justin, all of that sounds great. I'll read for myself. I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll, I'll, I'll hunger and thirst for it. I want this. Yes, 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 yes. I've been saying yes for 10 years. I've been reading all the books. I'm seeing the scriptures. I'm saying yes. But there's another element to it, and it's devoting ourselves to His Word, His ways, His presence, and His people, and doing it together. It's the design of God for this belief to grow in you with word, ways, presence, and people around you. That's why purpose groups are absolutely critical. The, 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 the doing life. Like this, this is like Jewish culture 101. Rabbis with their disciples. Life on life. And if we can't get the 101 purpose groups in terms of growing in that, we can't graduate to the life on life where we're just involved in our life. And it's not just I attend a group and I don't really know them, but they're coming to my second-year-old's birthday because, like, we're doing life. Like, I don't care if they don't have kids. I want them at my party because we're doing life with them. The kingdom is in you. Luke 12, 32, Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, because your Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. He has chosen this way to co-labor and to commission you. The, the great commission to do it together. We were co crucified with Christ, we were co-buried with Christ, we were co-resurrected with Christ, and now we're co-missioned by Christ. It's powerful stuff. Could you jump up, Natasha? Thanks so much. Thank you, God. Yeah. It's big to know. And the beliefs that it's it's I love what Steve Backlund says. He says the the bracelet, what would Jesus do? It's a nice noble bracelet. 
But he goes, I reckon it could have changed some letters. What did Jesus believe? Because our doing comes from our believing. James said it. I'll, I'll show you what I believe by my works. Let's not get caught up in semantics with words. Like, I'll prove to you what I believe by my action. My life will show myself. It's not about others. My life will reveal to myself what I believe. Ultimately. And I know there's tension there with you believing, but ultimately the rubber hits the road with accuracy revealing what you believe by your actions. And this journey of believing that the kingdom is within you, that when you go into a grocery store, you have in you the answer to every situation and, and, and solution that's required in that grocery store. It's true. But it's recognising it. It's, it's the old awareness thing. It's the old recognising thing. It's the old believing thing. Oh, the old, but yeah. Just <laughs> the, the journey of recognising, the journey of awareness and the journey of believing is worth it. It's worth it. It's to recognise, recognise need, seeing what the Lord wants to do through you. But like you, you, you have the kingdom in you. You have the kingdom in you. So it's like, what? Well, how are my friends going to be saved? How are they going to encounter Jesus? I don't think it's most of the time the plan of God is that He would use you, not just fix it, not just rock up in the bedroom with a visitation. Yes, Lord, do that. Amen, do that. And I'll be praying for that and I'll be declaring that, yes. But when we really start to understand this, when we get it from our heart to our head, from our heart to our head, where we start to believe it because His presence has already been poured into our hearts and we've just got to believe it. Yeah. Let's stand to our feet. Thanks, God. Thanks, God, for change. Thanks for what you're doing in me, God. Thanks for what you're doing inside me. Thank you, God, for the work you're doing, that it's bubbling out. Thank you, God, that, that what we shared in worship about peace being in our home. It's the same thing. We have peace to give away. We have authority to declare and to decree and to pray and to release certain things when it needs to happen. So thank you, God, for the reality of this. Yeah, and thank you, God, over the next period of time, just to open this up even more, God, of the reality of what's ours and what you've called us to and that you want to partner with us, not just do stuff for us. So we say yes, God, to the journey. 
Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen.